Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Callahan, creator of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. And this is Peter Atencia, the director of Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of the recently rebranded Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan. With me from New York is... Henry. Yay, Henry's back. Hey, happy belated birthday, buddy. Thank you, yeah. Just Did you when get... you all thought that I was no longer part of the podcast and I was dead, and they... I have returned. And now you, here you are. <laughs> did, uh, did you get everything your heart desired? Oh, everything. True love, world peace. It's all in my back pocket now. Well, I thought you said to Blathe, so I guess not true love. Uh, <laughs> Why are you being selfish with it? Release it from your back pocket. Yes. <laughs> your you, stupid comments in your pocket. You, you are wearing a totally awesome Chip and Dale shirt. Thank you. Where'd you, where'd you uh, pick that bad boy up at? Uh, well, I, my mom got it for me because she went to Vegas, and I was like, hey, get me a Chip and Dale's shirt. And then she got me this. So. <laughs> nice. Oh, not the Chip and Dale's you wanted. So, so which club sells those? <laughs> awesome. Welcome, Brad. How hey. are you? I'm all right. You all right? You yeah. look tired. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a busy week. Partying all night? Oh, so hard. I knew it. Coming home at 4 a.m., playing Zelda for a little bit, waking <laughs> up at 11 a.m. the next day. Rock star awesome. life. That is the rock star life. <laughs> I, you know, ever since I had a kid and I worked days, if I stay up till 11, I'm like, man, I'm up so freaking late. <laughs> what am I going to do? Oh, you've got dad clock. Yeah. I mean, uh, this week too, I had, I got so busy that I had to leave, uh, after I, um, took care of somebody and took him to the jail. So I have to write lots of reports. So I sent in my warrant and then I still had to do more paperwork, but I had to go pick up Kellen. So, I called the chief. I'm like, hey, chief, all the paperwork's done. I just need to put it in the computer. Can I go pick up Kellen? He said, yeah, sure, you can do that. That's fine. So my wife got home at 1130, so I had to go back to the PD, and I didn't get done with my paperwork till 3 in the morning. And I'm, like, staring at the computer, and my eyes started to hurt. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Must go to bed. But then when I went to bed, because I'm so used to waking up at 630, I woke up at 630, mm-hmm. ready to rock. Like, That's how it happens. sucks. Internal clock, man. Uh, hey, Zach, what's up? Not much. 
Yeah. <laughs> been you, ba- you, you look sad. Been, What's wrong? No, no, no. Tired. Been babysitting the nephew all day. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You also got a really mean look from your dad. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Because I uh, had something of his that he needed. So. Yeah, he gave you like the dad look. I'm really good at those now, too. Yeah, no. I don't it's... say anything to Kellen sometimes. I just look at him. And he goes, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, all right. it's, it's the price you live for living at home with your folks. But Yeah, but you know, you know what? It's all right. It's all cool, man. It's it's worth it. It's uh, all right. Every week <laughs> every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw Ralph Breaks the Internet. Stay tuned, and we'll tell you if you should see the movie based on our opinion. We'll play the trailer, and we'll talk about the film, usually with spoilers. So if you want to watch a film and haven't seen it yet, make sure you listen to our view after we tell you to see the film. We also talk about movies that are coming out, movies we've been watching, movie news. And did you guys know that Fazoli's still exists? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're right next to my work. Don't push those buttons, buddy. Um, Don't push- <laughs> so, <laughs> Figuratively and literally. <laughs> um I really didn't need comics, but I need comic book supplies, so I went to the comic store. And <laughs> I need um, to draw my own. <laughs> well, no, my my wife thinks I'm weird, so when I get comics from the comic store, I hate the um, the sleeves they put them in because mm-hmm. there's price tags on the back. So I always get new ones, and I re put them in new ones. And my wife always says, "Why do you get new ones when they're already in the plastic?" And I have to tell her I don't like the price tags on the back. Even though no one ever sees the back, it still bothers me. So when you put them in the in the long box, yeah, are they sealed with tape? No, I get the resealable ones. Oh, okay. So they're like a dollar more. Um, but I mean, I have a lot of them with tape too. Before Look at this guy, Mister Moneybags over here, for the dollar more for comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that six dollars for a hundred of them. Um, I'm paying fifty cents for tape. Yeah. No, I used to get the tape, but with my dogs, like the hair gets. It, I don't know. I'm really weird about it. No, I, yeah. It's, it's um, basically like a price, clear price, price tag at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm there and I'm leaving, and uh, there's a Fazoli's that I was. I thought I knew existed there, but I never saw a sign there, which. You had pointed out that they they're like ashamed of it because when I pulled into the parking lot because my my guy my little boy wanted noodles I'm like I think there is a Fazoli's over here and they have the tomato but it's like painted green yeah they like they repainted <laughs> the building and they just painted over like the sign yeah like the logo and they're like yeah. meh people know we're here or not we don't care <laughs> it's all microwaved whatever yeah it's all microwaved <laughs> so um we 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 get the food and. Um, you know, whatever. It tastes like watered down, not good Italian food. Uh, and even uh, even Kellen's like, uh, no, I don't want this. This is disgusting. But he still ate it. Breadsticks aren't bad. Um, I guess my wife really liked their breadsticks. There must have been one in Fort Collins. I don't know. But I was really shocked that it still existed because all I remember is, I don't know, was it? Uh, about 10 years ago where they went bankrupt or something. They have to be like franchise now or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't didn't follow that closely. Never eaten there f- except for one <laughs> breadstick. <laughs> but I, but I still have the cup. This might be a relic from a long, a, a time that's been passed. <laughs> that that cup t- is from a supply order from 2002. <laughs> 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 it still has the asbestos on the inside. <laughs> so but I just thought it was interesting. Rest in peace, Ryan. <laughs> you know, I, I, the sauce wasn't too horrible. I mean, it wasn't like the worst stuff I've ever tasted. But this is how weird I am, too. So there they have silverware that they wash and put in like a container for everybody to take. So it's, you know, reusable. And I look at it, I'm like, I don't want that. So I purposely got the plastic stuff to, you know, kill the environment. Um, <laughs> but I'm also weird. So when you go, when I go to restaurants and let's say you go and they're for in cups are those 
old like Coke ones that are red, like the dark red, and they have the bumps on the side. I hate using those cups, so I always ask for a to-go one because I'm really I don't I don't I don't know. Like, you used to work in a kitchen, you know what the dishwashing is like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons. No, I just I don't know. I'm weird with stuff like that. I also never drink the bottom of my drinks. I have this like really weird. Um, are you okay? Do you need like psychological? Evaluation? I do. <laughs> I do. It's a place I'm going to. It's called Shutter Island. <laughs> There's a guy there. I, I heard his family died in a fire. <laughs> but to Fazoli's credit, like Macaroni Grill is not doing that much better. So. No. <laughs> um, Kellen is, keeps on telling Henry happy birthday. So you know, yeah. you have that going for you, Henry. Oh, I have my one fan, and I you love do. It. <laughs> it, it keeps on happening. He's a big fan of our house, asshole. <laughs> he is. Brad, you also had to lay to rest a friend this week. Is that why you're so tired? Open screen night is he, shut down. No, that was quite a party, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the pictures fun. were awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, literally laid the brainchild to rest, yep. and uh, it was amazing because. Um, we had like 19 submissions. Wow. Average is seven to eight. So we, you know, everyone was feeling it in the, like the two and a half hour mark. But, um, you know, normally I would have pulled one of my three submissions. But I said, nah. nope. <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's the last one. We're going for it. Yeah, you when made you, it. On your last one, you should have you should have said pause. Like, where were you motherfuckers when I needed uh, 19 of them last time? <laughs> <laughs> um, Will and uh, Zach made more, more so, than enough of those jokes, though. <laughs> so, do you have any plans to do something else? Maybe not as much, or uh, what do you? What are what are your plans going forward, Brad? Uh, you know, uh, I appreciate all the people that came out regularly. You know, it's about fifteen people regularly, but you know, it's it's a hundred plus seat theater. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to make money. Um, and I'm ex- I'm exhausted from trying to convince people to come out to see things. So I'm just not going to do anything. You take a break. Just uh, just focus make, on your stuff. Just make uh, just make things, and you know maybe there'll be uh once people realize you know the vacuum that's left behind and the, the fewer opportunities they have, hmm. uh, we might throw a new thing together. Your new music video was shot really well. Thank you. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it looked man. great. Um, well, I wasn't sure because I mostly started editing it like last Saturday. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I toyed around with it on the timeline, you know, for months before that, but I finally was like, I got to get this done for open screen night because this needs a screen to open screen night. And I finished it and I was like, this is a mess and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and people liked it enough. I was like, good, it's done. <laughs> no, it's it's fun. I, I think you can tell that everybody who worked with you on those projects enjoys them. Yeah. Because everyone's having fun. Yeah. So good job, Brad. Yeah. Wish there could have been more people in it, but. Uh, you know, got to do what you got to do. Yeah. It's a cool mini Marine for all the Van Damme people. So. Yeah, most of Andy. And then you also shot Black Friday. Yeah, we made a little skit with Zach. You know, this has turned into interviewing Brad. That's moment. cool. I need some attention right now. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, we. You know. Why just shop on Black Friday when you can make a short skit and then get dirty looks from Best Buy? Yes. Yeah. That's the best. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't give us all. Not all of them gave us dirty looks. They didn't give us dirty looks, but they definitely like. They were annoyed. They so were, the people they were annoyed. In they were line in what we were doing. or the Best Buy employees. Uh, well, the line actually people would they would just move out of the way when I turned the camera toward them. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is cool. I didn't want to yeah. film other people anyway. Yeah, who wants those people? In there? Except for the one or two shots where you had like people clearly in the background, but they were like they knew to just not look at the camera for whatever yeah. reason. Well, those people would just they, they weren't paying attention to yeah. us at all. So. They were just sitting there. Um, they just happened to be in the background. But mm-hmm. once inside the store, it was. 
you know, I'm used to doing that guerrilla style shoot where it's dangerous mm-hmm. to like get a pl- employee attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a cell phone, it's easier. And on the second time we did that. Yeah. But when you have that big honking lens that I have on the A7S II. Like someone's clearly knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Although I had that when you walked, you were the first one through the door on Black Friday, Zach, and they clapped for you and I had the <laughs> camera on you and no one seemed to give a shit then. It was awkward as all heck. Well, so. I think I think they knew that somebody was going to do some kind of form of social media documenting, but. Yeah. Why not? Like it's free promotion for them. Yeah, I wish cares? we could have gotten a clear, like, well, I, I ruined it regardless, but like you also said I know you were so focus. confused. Yeah, yeah no, because I was just like, why the fuck are they clapping? What did I do? Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, and they're celebrating. They're so was to... your Black Friday actually on Thursday then? Yeah, yeah, it was Doorbuster, but. So what time did that happen on Thursday? 5 p.m. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, no. And it... then what What did you score? Was <laughs> Was it worth it to get there early? Turn around and you'll see a nice 4K TV from Samsung. <laughs> oh, I have a Samsung. Um, 43 inch. Um, and then <laughs> I... Mine's 55. You're, <laughs> you have such a small wiener. I mean, TV. <laughs> By the way, that hey, we're not here to compare wiener at TVs. <laughs> so, I was complaining that that 4K Blu-ray player doesn't play 3D discs. Mm-hmm. No, it does. Wait, wait, wait. 3D? Yeah. 3D oh no, discs. no. Oh, 3D. No, no, no. The other one has 3D capability. No, on the box it says it does, and in the menu it has options for it. Oh, really? But I tried it, and it doesn't fucking work. Oh. Really? I think you have to have like the whole connection, like. Yeah, TV. TV player and Blu-ray. Yeah, and I don't have the TV part, so oh well. But it's interesting that like it, they don't advertise it as a 3D player, but it clearly in the menu has options for well, that. Well, they, I, yeah. 3D movies now they kind of just brush aside. I think they're exclusive at Best Buy. Um, I know the Disney ones are. Yeah, and then they release them a couple weeks after the normal ones. It's really right. bizarre. Yeah, well, it's because the TVs don't come out as like only the high end, super high end ones have the 3D built in anymore. Yeah, I. Th- I don't know if mine actually already has it built in. I think it might, but you still have to get the glasses and stuff. Yeah. Because I know my Ultra HD player does play 3D discs. And I think um, you need a high-speed cable, too. It's interesting. I see more 3D releases yeah. in terms of just the Blu-rays and stuff or 4K in the but UK and not here. Isn't like, your Ultra HD? If you get an Ultra HD cord, it's already high-speed, I think. I'm learning that there's... We'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's variants. Did you get one, too? I got the player. Okay. Because it was... You know, it less expensive, yeah. and then hopefully a year from now I'll get the TV part. Oh, well, and then by then maybe they'll be cheaper too. Yeah, that's what I'm get banking on. Because the one I want, like, I don't want to just like parallel upgrade. Yeah, I get like, you. If I get a new thing, it's going to be a bigger size or better quality. Best so possible at, ever of all time. Yeah, so I'm looking at the 75 incher, and it's a QLED. <laughs> Those are uh, is that's pretty expensive, right? Ryan, he'll put it's 3500. That's not that bad. It's well, a little bit more than the camera I bought last year. So I'm like, if I pay off the camera, mm, gotcha. Yeah, one at a time. Yeah, it's also 75, 75 inches, so I it won't fit in my room. So I need to get an apartment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I heard the market's getting better. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Finally, yeah, because people are like I can't afford that. <laughs> I think you guys are ripping me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An apartment complex. Like, oh, you have to live here, but now it's really slowed down. Like, oh, Those turntable man. studios by the stadium, mm-hmm. it's like $1,000 for like 300 what? square feet or something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That used to be like a Red Lion shit motel. Uh, That's probably the motel where the football players stayed at, right? Uh, oh, I doubt they'd stay there. In the past. like Well, in, maybe in the yeah. past when it was nice, yeah. Yeah, like in the 70s. But now 80s. they probably stay somewhere on 16th Street Mall or something. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting that, hmm. like, oh, just because we renovated it it's worth more no. yeah no hmm. square footage guys yeah that's all it is yeah. size matters 
But yeah, no, Open Screen Night was fun. Yeah. And I got to show your trailer as well. Yeah, Zach actually made a cool short video, which I, like, I would love for you to actually put on the YouTube page, but you got to change the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, like, so I had to put in temp music because I ran out of time, but uh, I had filmed Brad building the grid for our booth at Comic-Con, and uh, I um, we were supposed to have you in it, but I think I'm going to reshoot it anyway. But I put in a temp of me telling Brad that he has to build the grid because no one else wants to do it, and it just has Brad going, shit. And then the whole trailer is just a montage of him building the grid with a bunch of different like place quotes for award season mm. and stuff. And the one that my favorite of them, because I kind of just needed something else to fill it in there, was the greatest movie of all time, and it says UV Bowl. So, um, and uh, but yeah, no, it was fun. Um, and uh, I learned a little bit more about some of my 4K capability versus my uh, 1080p capability on the editing software. So just in terms of how to work with it, I've never really worked with 4K unless it's already been converted um, uh, via working with Brandon. So, um, yeah, it was fun. We know because we, we got one of our really old videos got flagged <laughs> recently. Really? Wasn't, didn't Ryan's hotline get flagged? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not the real nerd stuff, but like the old nose version yeah. videos on Vimeo. They yeah. all, the there's some company in London that oversees all the musicians' rights on, and they went through and they went through all my videos and got me in trouble. So, <laughs> wow. what do they just have to replace, or do they take your videos down? Uh, they asked me. They flagged the one, and they say take it down on your own, mm-hmm. um, or. So you get three violations with Vimeo. Mm. Um, so I got the one. I was like, okay. And then I just uh, privatized it so no one could like see it, right? Mm. And that didn't stop them from going, being able to go through and like. So flag it's not the next really one. private at all. Yeah. So two in one day. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I guess I'll just do do it the right way and just take all these off, which is fine because yeah, you know, as a professional, you shouldn't keep work that's old in like five years up on really? site anyway. Huh. Really? Oh. So. And, you know, sorry, Twombly. Now, now I'm starting to like actually like I'm so proud of those videos, mm-hmm. but now I'm starting to like really feel the difference between what we're doing now. Oh, back yeah, yeah, then yeah. Yeah. And like putting them all in the same place. It's just uh, they, they, they just don't gel well together. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make the 20th anniversary Blu-ray for all of us. And cool. That we'll always have it, it at home. You could set the, then you'll set the rest of it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Gonna burn the old DVD tapes. <laughs> All right. Yep. Let's go around town with Brad. Denver Colfax movies. We're going downtown. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. <laughs> Thank you, Kellen. <laughs> Kellen, say, Brad, tell us what's playing downtown, but it better not be the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. You know, because of your wife, he's going to love that movie when he grows up, right? He will never see it. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, what's mom? See it. Dad, what's mom watching? Not for your eyes, son. <laughs> Look away. Uh yeah, not a lot going on now that open screen night's done. Um, so this week at the Esquire, the midnight movie is Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, December seventh and eighth. My sister and I liked that when we were kids. 
Um, I haven't seen it. That's a Miyazaki I haven't seen, so I might yeah. try to check that out. And then December 14th and 15th, following weekend, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So uh-huh. Fitting. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. That true, Clark? <laughs> and that's what's going on around town this week. Holiday season. I will, I will uh, warn you, Brad, if you go see Kiki's Delivery Service at midnight, you will fall asleep. Uh, so like every time I go very, to a midnight movie, like, calming, slow pace kind of like oh everything's fine and there's no conflict kind of film. <laughs> so I guarantee you, you will fall asleep watching this film. Last week, the room I almost fell asleep when people were like yelling from the audience. So <laughs> is that where you yeah. go to like just sleep? Because it's so comfortable there. <laughs> you See, sit I under could... the back with the overhang o- over you and in the corner, and you're just, it's just like a warm blanket. Oh no! See, I would I'd be too worried if I close my eyes. I'd be like, go fuck fuck fuck. <laughs> Because I'd worry someone's drawing a dick on my face or something. <laughs> There's so many people bring Sharpies to, the, to their movies. You don't? No. Oh, just me. What do you bring Sharpies to the movies for, Ryan? <laughs> Draw dicks on people that fall asleep in the movie. <laughs> or you're at the Alamo and they take out one of those like hard pens and start carving into your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so relaxed. <laughs> then you know it's dick face tattoo. <laughs> hey, movie news happens in a segment we call Real News. It's real news. Um, more people drop dead this week, um, so we'll just get them out of the way. Well, everyone dies every once in a while. Well, I know, but like people in it's called the, the circle of life, Zach. people in the beloved <laughs> industry of arts and entertainment. Um, Steven Hillenburg, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, passed away. <laughs> oh wait! Um, wow. <laughs> Tragic news from Bikini Bottom. Perch Perkins here. Um, yeah, no, he was 57. Uh, last year it was revealed he was um, suffering from ALS. Um, so he... Uh, um, oh, Lou Gehrig's disease. How do you not see that coming? <laughs> That's an old Dennis Leary joke where he wow. talks about how, how did Lou Gehrig not... <laughs> see uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Leary. Um, but yeah, no, he um, he was a, I mean, the thing that you learn about Hillenburg, if you ever love Spongebob and whatnot, which those characters are incredible and impactful in various different ways, he was a marine biologist before all of that, and then he went into animation later on and uh, got to Spongebob via working as a director on Mar- Rocco's Modern Life. I I, um, I, mean, I actually really like Spongebob. I, you know, Kellen watches it, and it's, it's a pretty funny little cartoon. Yeah, my uh, my sister and I loved it as a kid, and I, I ate it up a bunch with, um, I it, it taught me a lot about different voice actors, or at least the current voice actors, like Tom Kenny. I didn't know who Tom Kenny was unless Spongebob happens, and then you watch something like um, Mr. Show, and you start seeing that he's much more than that, uh, but also Clancy Brown. Mm-hmm. I, that was the first thing I ever saw Clancy Brown do, playing Mr. Krabs. Um and uh, Bill Fagerbake, which I mean, well, I may know him from Coach, but, but see, but I didn't see Coach yeah. until years later. So uh, to me, he's Pat- yeah, to me, he's Patrick. Um, and then like other voice actors and whatnot, like Roger Bumpus as Squidward is a fantastic thing. But that all doesn't happen if Steven Hillenberg doesn't have this idea in his head to put a little sponge in a pineapple under the sea, man. So uh, I haven't watched that uh, Sponge Out of Water movie that he helped uh, put together because he left the show. It's pretty funny. After the first four seasons in the mo- in the first movie. I actually really like the second movie. Really? I'll have yeah. to check it out then. I, uh, it, it's really bizarre, and there's this part where SpongeBob goes into space with this dolphin that talks. I don't know why. <laughs> it's really funny, though. It was one of those things that like, I was like, like, kind of sad about. It was just like, wow, like, the randomness of that show is like very impactful. Like, that, that, sh- that shaped a lot of like 
humor and like stuff that I would watch down the line, you know, like just like the things I was interested in. So, um, um, and like, I didn't know what a tiny Tim song was until that, um, show came around. So, uh, yeah, 57, he will be missed. Um, I guess he got an honorary Emmy last year too. So, um, that's, that's always good. Uh, and then actually recently, uh, Gloria Katz, uh, the, one of the writers of American Graffiti, uh, and the co one of the co-writers of Radio Land Murders passed away at 76. Um, I guess she also did some script doctoring for Star Wars, which I mean, out of all the Star Wars facts I've come across, that was one I did not know. Um, but yeah, and she also wrote, uh, a favorite of some of you guys, Howard the Duck. So, um, yeah. So she, uh. She's got different fan bases across and whatnot. I love Radio Land Murders and whatnot. So anybody who's associated with creating that story from um, basement uh, basement dweller George Lucas's uh, mind is pretty awesome. So come on, he's sta- he's hanging out in his basement. Well, wait, wait. his basement is probably really nice though. Yeah, he just sits there and watches movies all day that James won't go see. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be George Lucas. Yeah. Oh, to be me. Um, but yeah, so that's all in the death front, unless, I mean, the, the, uh, one of the presidents of the United States passed away today, but that's not a movie yesterday. star. So. Yeah, yesterday? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was this morning. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, George H.W. Bush passed away. He was away. on The Simpsons. He was. <laughs> Technically, yeah. <laughs> He's also, you know, a, a war hero in World <laughs> War II, played baseball at Yale, was yeah. in the first, uh, college world series. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Not gonna do it. Ninety four. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. also uh, founded the uh, signed into law the Americans Disability Act, which is a good thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, made an impact. Yep. If yeah. you don't agree with his politics, and he said, "Read my lips." Stanley was ninety five. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but anyway, um, in recent news, um, we are uh, getting a. Uh, Casting notice for the Mandalorian. Uh, Nick Nolte is going to be in the Mandalorian, uh, which I think is cool to see Nick Nolte in Star Wars land. <laughs> That'll play a creature because you can't understand him. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> he'll he'll say his lines, but they'll still subtitle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Solo. <laughs> it is it is the 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 report says it's unclear how much costuming and visual effects each actor will get. Um, so I'm hoping he gets all the effects and all the makeup. He doesn't need it. I hope he plays Jabba. <laughs> oh, that'd be sweet, like yeah. a young Jabba. Yeah, solo! <laughs> a young, thin Jabba. Yeah. Then he gets pushed into, like, the Sarlacc pit, and that's how he becomes, like, the he worm. He gets all stretched like, out. Yeah. <laughs> ja- <laughs> he's trying to get out and gets pulled. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Copyright Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Real Nerds Origins of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Origins. A Star Wars story. <laughs> We're going to get a third Olympus Has Fallen movie. Uh, Angel Has Fallen is going to be uh, this coming up next summer. So uh, James and I will be interested to see how they make it even worse than London Has Fallen. Um, are you guys Olympus Has Fallen fans or even London Has Fallen fans? Yeah. <laughs> I know you didn't review London Has Fallen because no, you saw I... Zootopia instead. <laughs> yeah, because Zootopia is a great film. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, no, no. I just, <laughs> But I didn't know if you guys were fans. I like the first one. Yeah, the first um, one's all right. It's the best Die Hard movie that year, as James says, because we got the worst Die Hard movie ever that year as well. Um, 
Ryan, can you tell me something about this James Cameron, Tom Cruise space movie that we never got but should have got? Um, Tom Cruise wanted to film a movie in space, and James Cameron said okay. Oh, wow. And then it never happened. Oh, God, yeah. Well, back in the day, James Cameron wanted to do Spider-Man with, with Tom Cruise as, as Peter Parker, yeah. so he, he just want to work together. This, yeah. This is James James Cameron's quote. I had a contract with the Russians in 2000 to go to the International Space Station and shoot a high-end 3D documentary there. I thought, shit, man, you should just make a feature. And I said, Tom, you and I will get two seats on the Soyuz and be somebody. Uh, be somebody's got to train us as engineers. Tom said, no problem. I'll train as an engineer. And uh, that that just tells me that Tom Cruise theoretically can do anything, can he? Like he could become a molecular biologist if he wants to, man. Like. Like, why don't we let him do these things? Like, well, that's he doesn't, what Tom Cruise does. He doesn't need to act anymore. Like, I mean, he he went he 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 left the world good on Fallout. He needs to go now save the world for real somehow. Well, yeah, I read an interesting article uh, article with uh, Christopher McQuarrie, and he was talking about how Tom Cruise, when he gets his mindset on something, Mm-mm. that that's how they make the movies. <laughs> and um, so he was talking about how. Um, Tom Cruise has a window to make Mission Impossible Fallout, and once you start going, they only had something like 30, 40 pages written, and then that's why they usually do the big crazy stunts at the beginning while they're finishing the script, and uh, so Tom Cruise comes, you know, hey, in this one, um, uh, I'm going to do a halo jump, and then they shoot the halo jump <laughs> 130 times. Wow. <laughs> um in uh, in interesting news, um, Adam McKay apparently had a heart attack right after filming Vice, but Christian and Christian Bale's advice saved him. Um, if you don't know, uh, Adam McKay is making a movie uh, is releasing a movie this year called Vice, which is about Dick Cheney, the vice president. Um, and Dick Cheney was known to have his heart problems, uh, and I guess Bale did some research on health wise or just as a person. Well, both. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> Dig politically. <laughs> Burn? Um, Finally took him down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it took this podcast to bring down. I wonder how Dick Cheney's going to sleep at night. <laughs> Ride me a large pile of money with many gorgeous women. <laughs> yeah, well, when he snores, he just goes. <laughs> 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 but you guys have this feud going on. We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and Cheney, man. Goes back. Goes back years. Back and forth on Twitter all the time. Yep. Do you just yeah. prank call him like Bart does Mo? <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Hey Dick, your refrigerator's running. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just do that. Mine's Lynn, way more creative. I'm check like, the fridge. I'm like, hey Dick, that's what you are. Why I gotta? Um, but no, apparently Christian Bale's um research into what goes into a heart attack, like the symptoms and signs and whatnot, saved McKay from making it worse. So. Christian Bale saved a life, so he saved so many. I'm sure that'll seen Batman. <laughs> I'm sure that'll count in his favor during the Oscars I just campaign. To you that I know what it takes to save a life, <laughs> if, unless it's Dick Cheney's. Go see a doctor. <laughs> um, if you're in shortness of breath, it's important to see a doctor. You might have some heart problems. <laughs> um, Russo brothers said something cryptic again. Uh, they said Chris Evans may not be done with Captain America yet. Uh, the quote was, I think it's more emotional for him than it was for us because he's not done yet. I won't explain what that means, but fans will soon understand what I'm talking about. Um, will we? Because I don't know. I, 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 their, their, their cryptic uh, attitude has uh, been making me scratch my head. What do you think well, is going also, on? Also, let's not forget that Marvel has also like 
lied. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. They lie a bunch. They, I mean, they lie in their trailers. They lie in what's happening. I you mean, don't even... Also, like, don't forget that Robert Downey Jr. went on Ellen, like, a couple years ago and was like, oh, yeah, Iron Man 4 is still happening. It's coming out next year. And yeah. then that didn't happen. So, yeah. You know, it's... It's too, I was reading an interesting article uh, I was on Forbes or The Hollywood Reporter where they say, are they even going to promote the new Avengers movie? Because they, they, do they really need to? And I don't think they do. No, it'd be interesting to see if they go non-trailer the way they could have probably done Last Jedi too. Mm. Um, they might make some posters. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think, I mean, obviously they're probably going to drop a trailer, but yeah. Um. On the Marvel front, though, um, Daredevil got canceled. Um, and How did you not see that coming? Well, <laughs> Violet! Hey, hey, <laughs> Matt Murdock's blind. Yes! Co- comic <laughs> fans out there? Hello? Hello? Um, but I think the capper of all that, though, is apparently Disney's streaming service isn't going to have it or any of the other Netflix Marvel shows. So... Um, Netflix, I mean, reading about it, Netflix losing it isn't that surprising because they were already kind of specious on the deal to begin well, with. Well, I mean, you got 30 hours of Daredevil. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. pretty good. I know, yeah, you can't go wrong there. I mean, Daredevil being like just the Daredevil show, it's not including all like the Defenders hours as well. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, I guess you got 40 hours of Daredevil. Yeah. That's um, pretty good. So, yeah, but no exact word yet on what we're going to do, but Marvel says we want to do more Daredevil stuff. So, um Maybe movies. I don't know. Um, maybe they'll do some. Maybe they'll retool it again. Maybe. Um, and then last piece of news, which uh, sounds so much fun for at the very least Ryan and myself. Uh, Tom Hanks may play Geppetto in the live-action Pinocchio. Uh, that is Tom. every time I look. You know what? When I was recently looking at a picture of uh, like of, of Pinocchio, Geppetto. Tom Hanks, it, it fucking works. It does. Especially if you see a picture of Tom Hanks and Sully, it really fucking works. So. Wasn't Robert Downey Jr. supposed to do that, though? He was going to do it, but I think he's doing his Doolittle movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he's going to talk to animals. Too. A, oh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes 3. A, a, a game of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Show a, me the money. A stack of cash. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nothing definite. It's just he's in talks. But I, I like this idea a lot. Um, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep going on the live action front with these and do Pinocchio and whatnot, at least, yeah, very very much need to attract that top talent and whatnot, which is very clear by a movie we're gonna see be seen in two weeks. Uh, that buzz is like massive. I'm so excited for that film. Um, but yeah, um, unless I missed anything, that's news. Nope. Okay. Cool. Speaking of Fallout, these are the movies that are coming out on Ultra HD and Blu-ray next week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Yeah, um, if you choose to accept a mission, uh, you can get Mission Impossible Fallout on 4K and Blu-ray. Also, Ryan, you were saying that you didn't want to pay for those separate uh, 4K releases of the previous Mission Impossible films. Now you can get them all in one big set, which is also being released this week. And the price that I read was about like roughly seventy bucks. That's pretty good. So that's ten bucks a film. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think individually they're like twenty four bucks still. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you want to, and that's the four K, and it's it's the HDR ones. Yes. So you you'd be getting that. Uh, Also, uh, a film that Ryan and I saw this year, The Nun, uh, will be coming out in four K. Oh wait, Brad saw it too. Um, So yeah, uh, if you want to continue the. Saw is a pretty strong word. <laughs> he was awake for. Oh, some that's of it. right. Yeah, yeah. Because sleeping at the uh, I had two drive-in. opportunities to watch it, and I still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
but yeah, I know if you want to check that out. Uh, also, something that uh, uh, was out this year that Ryan and I were not so much fans of was the Happy Time Murders. Uh, yeah, you, that was garbage. You can get that only on Blu-ray, not on 4K. So no puppet, no puppet sex in 4K, guys. I'm sorry. Why um, did they even put it out in 4K? Especially, it's nothing but a bunch of fluff. <laughs> I'm really on the bad. You're you're, you're you're rolling with a man that that's it's it's pretty neat. Um, and um, also Operation Finale, which came out a couple months ago uh, with Oscar Isaac and Ben Kingsley. You can get that on Blu-ray, no 4K of it. Um, one of the big 4K releases, though, is a re-release of The Lion King. Um, first time in 4K. I, I don't. I'm still torn on. I don't know how great hand-drawn animation can look in 4K. Well, it would be a good experiment point because then if they ever release anything else and you don't like it, you don't have to get it. Yeah, but then I have to buy The Lion King again. Hmm. I've bought it, I think, twice on Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, again, it's there if you want it. Yep. I only have it on DVD, so so you so you maybe you can time I'll, for I'll you to it. upgrade. Yeah, and then you can let me know. Also, um, uh, a film from this year, support the girls with uh, Regina Hall, um, which is um, or is it Regina King? I I can't remember, but it's a it's a little indie film that's been getting some buzz. So if you want to check out some independent films, you can. Um, Regina Hall also for that film and a film coming out later this uh, later this year. Uh, Regina Hall won both Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, uh, Best Actress for that film at New York uh, uh, Film Critics Awards. Uh, oh, they released the just like yesterday. She won Best Actress for it. So. They w- they released the New York Crit- Critics Circle today or yesterday? Yeah, today. I think it was either today or yesterday. I saw the head- I saw the list of everything that won. So. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Um, so, but yeah. Um, other than that, um, Handmaid's Tale season two, I guess, is getting its Blu-ray. Uh, I My thought wife it already loves that show. I thought it already came out though, which I'm. I've seen zero episodes. I, I'm 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 curious. Um, it seems very depressing, but you know, I, what that's the only reason we have Hulu. So my wife can watch that show. Really? Yeah. That's the, that's what's keeping them afloat. It wasn't uh, eleven twenty three sixty eight uh, or sixty three. The there you go. <laughs> James Franco thing, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I forgot when JFK died. I always have to remember every day. Um, also, though, um, for the TV seasons, Westworld Season 2. So if you didn't catch up on Westworld this year, uh, do it in style with 4K. Yeah. Yeah. Do it that way, guys. Listen up. Um, and looks like that's it for Blu-rays. A lot of uh, re-releases. Nothing Shout or Scream related. Well... I mean, one of my favorite movies is coming out. I love Mission Impossible Fallout. Yep. It's Pretty a good cool. one. Yep. I'm struggling to p- figure out which version I'm going to get, though. Is there more than one? I don't even know. I've, I'm so busy, I don't even know what's coming out. I have to well, wait for I show a, up here. Best Buy has a cool steelbook. What's the steelbook look like? Uh, it's that alternate poster where it's the silhouette of... Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Where it's like the helicopter. And the helicopter's in it. Yeah, it's sweet. I um, lied. There is one interesting thing. Uh, there's going to be a steelbook of Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which is like just a new cover of it and whatnot. So Ryan can go ahead and pick that up so he has everything Spider-Man. There's a couple of them. It's a pop art project, and they've got like Wonder Woman and Justice League and oh, cool. Baby Driver. But nice. they're all just Blu-rays. They're not mm. 4Ks. Mm. That sucks. So. Ooh, what's this? Let me see the Spider-Man one. But yeah, for Mission Impossible, like I want all the 4Ks, but I don't like the cover art as much on that yeah. collection set. Um, so I'm like, should I get the Steelbook? And then they'll release because Europe has Steelbooks of the 4K Mission Impossibles that are cool. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe Best Buy will port those at some point. Maybe. I mean, they start to do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've like I said, I forget what's even coming out because I just, I, I, I mean, I. 
even this week I've, I worked six days, so I don't even know. Yeah. And my mission one and two are on DVD. Three is on HD DVD <laughs> and four and five are Blu-rays. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, I got I to clean this up somehow. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's Blu-rays. Cool. We also watch movies throughout the week in a segment we call movies that are projected on a TV screen with our eyeballs fixed on them. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. It looks terrible on a sign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a really long name for that segment. It is. Henry, what'd you watch this week? Uh, not a lot. This month I've not watched a lot just for busyness reasons. Uh, but just going down the list of things that are worth talking about. Uh, Green Book, I went and saw, uh, which I describe as a film about racism and homophobia that my grandmother would like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, it's, it's very family friendly. It's very, uh, like, oh, it's, it's all fine. There's conflict, but we resolve it. It's fine. Uh, kind of film. Does uh, it make you want KFC? Cause it does to me. It, 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 it <laughs> I don't know if that was like a paid promotion thing or not, but that was, that was a scene in the film. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought Bingham Morrison is really good in it. Uh, Mashallah Ali is also very good in it. Uh, he's apparently the front runner to win Best Supporting Actor, uh, Mashallah Ali, which is surprising considering he like just won. But mm. yeah, that one. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, I saw that one. Thought it was okay. Uh, I, I say it's on the same. It, was, it is on par with Hail Caesar. So depending on how you felt about that film, you'd probably think the same way about this one. Hmm. Uh, it's not. It's not their best. Not their worst. Um. I saw Can You Ever Forgive Me, the new Melissa McCarthy uh, drama that they're saying she and Richard E. Grant we nominated for. I thought it was okay. Nothing super exciting about it. Uh, the cinematography, I thought, was the only thing that really stood out to me, and I was really not even getting talked for that. But uh, if you're interested in seeing some good kind of acting, it's pretty okay. I know Grant's um, getting um, I know Grant's getting awards uh, buzz, but how's McCarthy in terms of like any chance she um, would as have? As far as I know, both of them are getting buzz for it. Um, they're saying she might be nominated for it and he might be nominated for it. I don't think either of them are, like, <laughs> extraordinary. Uh, like, we'll talk about, like, other candidates for Best Actress in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think really either of them are, like, going to win. Uh, but no, they, no, no. If no. they were nominated, they'd be probably the Dark Horse of the nominees. If nothing, if nothing else for Grant, it's just to make his name a little more known. So. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's like a J.K. Simmons kind of actor who like he pops up all the time, but no one knows who he is. Uh, I think he's great, and I think he's really he, he plays a very out of character character in this film. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, can you ever forgive me if you want to check that out? Uh, it's not a bad time. Um, right. Restrepo, uh, military doc documentary that is really good. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, oh yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it's a, that's about it in terms of movies. Uh, I also saw. Uh, uh, Get Shorty, not the movie, the TV show, um, with uh, Ray Romano and uh, Chris O'Dowd. It, the first thing was just add to Netflix, and my god, is that show amazing! I fucking mm. love that show. That show's great. I highly recommend it to anyone who's interested, who has any interest in a good TV show. It's I describe it as Breaking Bad, but in Hollywood. It's great. Um, I like me some yeah. Get Shorty. So, um, and then finally, I saw uh, the favorite. Uh, the new Emma Stone, Olivia Colman, Rachel Weisz film directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, which Brad has also seen. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we both, we have both seen this film. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought all the three act all three actresses were really good. Uh, the cinematography at some points I thought was a little distracting, but uh, nothing too bad. Uh, I will say it is not a standard period piece. Uh, things are very different and 
obscure in this film. It, it is an it is a period. It is a British romance periodical film made by Yorgos Lanthimos. It's you you go in what you think you're gonna get. Yeah. Uh, so, Brad, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah. Um, you remember that episode of The Office where <laughs> Dwight has to uh, he returns the the papers whatever for angela and gets in trouble because uh andy starts spreading lies about him yes that's this movie (laughs) (laughs) but set in uh elizabethan times is that the era i don't know i i have no idea Uh, i I think it's i think it's like 1700s so sorry what was that i think it's 1700s when it takes place yeah i'm not good at my british history but it's it's fancy times (laughs) <laughs> where, where everybody dressed nicely Fancy British times, yeah um it's it's entertaining um the f- the ending is really the weirdest part uh for me um but it's it's cool to see the cat and mouse uh game between emma stone and rachel weiss as characters um and just how they they kind of both take advantage of the, the queen um who has a ton of problems but she you know has no one decent around her to really help her. Although Rachel Weiss's character is that person in a way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a back and, back and forth, you know, who's going to one up the other and it's pretty inventive, but yeah, the, 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 like the GoPro shots in the movie are really distracting. Um, it's like, not sure what that was it, about. It's like, cause a lot of like those, like those like hyper fish eye kind of lens. Type yeah. Stuff. Um, it's it's for most for most parts only used for like wide shots, but there is that one scene that's like an argument scene shot with that that was really disorienting to me. Uh, if you know if you know the scene I'm talking about, um, um, but uh, yeah, and so I just thought it was uh, I I mean I I I really enjoyed the film. Uh, I think uh, I thought Olivia Coleman was fantastic in the film. Uh, I thought Rachel Wise and Stone were both fantastic in the film, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, it's. I'll also say this. It, it's getting like the most awards traction of any of Yorgos Lanthimos's films, but I think that's because it's his most palatable film. So if uh, if the it, Lobster or uh, Killing a Sacred Deer both looked a little too weird for you, uh, I would give this one a shot. Just because besides the ending, it's really a straightforward kind of with a little kind of t- weird it, kind of twist to it. It's uh, it's accessible by Yorgos's terms. <laughs> it was yeah. what. It's acceptable in Yorgos's terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could say that. Yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing. I'm excited for it. Um, and I like Coleman from. Um, she's uh, in Hot Fudge. She plays one of the cops um, at the at the police station. So she's really. She's um, going to be a giant star in like a year and a half because oh. she has this, which she's going to be, uh, which is almost like a lock. She's going to be nominated for best actress for. And then also, uh, she's playing the Queen in the Crown. The next seasons of the Crown. Oh, dude, yeah, she's gonna blow up. She's 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 had an already storied career as it stands. So this is just she's just rocketing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I want. Cool, Brad. Uh, so in addition to the favorite, I also saw the front runner this week, which is Hugh Jackman's uh, story of Gary Hart, mm-hmm. uh, who was a Colorado senator. Yeah. James's um, dad. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> James's <James's> dad. dad. <laughs> uh, no, he's uh he he ran. He was the front runner to be president back in like nineteen eighty nine, eighty eight, or for the Democratic nomination. For the Democratic nomination, yeah, yeah. Um, and it 
It's okay. Uh, I didn't realize it till the very end. It's uh, directed by uh, Reitman's kid, Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman. Um, but it's very much like if the post was remade and set in the in the late eighties. Because <laughs> um, like the first couple minutes, um, they're easing you into this world where you're just watching all these political people have conversations at a table and the camera's just like directing you to who you should focus on next. Cause you're hearing like everyone talk at the same time. Um, but then they just kind of like, you know, whoever's ever face, they kind of amplify a little bit more. Um, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. It just, um, you know, it, it, uh, Gary Hart, he got, you know, he's, he's like this, amazing progressive senator who has like all these great ideas he's he's gonna like move the country forward and everyone's on board um but he has this issue with privacy um and you know morally he doesn't understand like what he's doing is wrong uh like it's no one else's business like not even people in his family um so that like that's what brings him down is uh, and also at the same time like the media is becoming more sensationalist than just journalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, all the, all the big papers like the Washington post, you know, that they're not like picking up on the scandal until the Miami Herald, I guess is the one, um, uh, like they start following them around and like, hmm. um, you know, they, they keep quoting polls in the movie about like, you know, 64% of Americans don't care about his personal life. You know, why are we reporting on the scandal? Um, and then it just blew up and blew up. And then eventually, um, you know, he tried to be honest, but he's also like, didn't want to admit uh, what he's doing. And his wife knew about like other affairs and things. And, uh, but like everyone's really great in it and they jump around, you know, Hugh Jackman actually doesn't get a lot of time in the movie. Um, it's all his staff and stuff. And uh, like, they have to deal with, um, uh, like the, the, the girl he cheated on with uh, Donna Rice. Like, you know, they explore her perspective a lot too of like, you know, she's actually like this, um, like she has a PhD and she just tried to get in with the campaign cause she believed in what, you know, his politics were. And now she'll like, no one will ever care that she has a PhD. She'll just be the girl from the scandal. Um, so like her future, you know, she's gonna have trouble getting jobs and stuff and everything like that. So they, they and then like all his, also his like lead campaign manager, I guess the JK Simmons role, you know, he's trying to say like, you need to deal with this. Like this isn't something you need to sweep under the rug. Like in the past, like the world's changing the media is changing. Like you, you got to follow a, a new system and basically like alienates Gary Hart, like alienates him and mm. yeah, it's all good stuff. Right on. So, uh, yeah, front runner is pretty good, but it's not like a home run for me. Um, and then the last thing I saw was, um, Jeffrey Ross and David tell have a three episode comedy series on Netflix called bumping mics. And it really just it starts out existing as uh, a stand-up set where they just rag on each other. They just bounce insults off each other. And then as it goes on in the, uh, later on in each set... Uh, so the set is a weekend. It's Saturday, Sunday. Each episode's like Saturday, Sunday... Or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then by the middle, they start to bring it on... Like, there's other comedians in the audience. And even Bruce Willis is in the audience on one of them. <laughs> um, and so... They'll bring them up and insult them and you know, sit back down. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried comes in for one of them uh, to introduce this? them. Yeah, <laughs> And it's like, and, and periodically they'll cut to David Tell and Jeffrey Ross just talking about comedy in the park and like <laughs> how they, you know, enjoy 
like they don't like the pre-rehearsed sets that people do. Mm-hmm. Like they prefer, you know, like in the moment spontaneity. Spontaneity. Yeah. So like, which is what they're doing is, you know, they come up like they know they're going to come up and try to insult each other as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But it, they don't know what you know. They just they're just feeling out the audience and like what works. And they're both very quick-witted people. Yeah, Je- Jeff Ross. I I I enjoy him. Like not everything of his, but I enjoy him a lot. Yeah, you know, Roastmaster. Like after you told me about it. Then I had to go to work, but I put it in my queue. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it's like one of those laughs where you can't breathe oh, for awesome. some of the jokes. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, Roastmaster General, man. Why is there only three episodes of this? Make more, because yeah, there's there's great in the in the moment. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. that's highly entertaining. I recommend Sweet. it. Sweet. And I think that's it for me. Zach, surprisingly, uh, that uh, that it, it's directed by the same guy that did the Jinx too. Just <laughs> a pretty weird resume he has. Yeah, he's probably like, I need to cleanse myself. <laughs> it is pretty heavily edited, though, and I think that's just because you know, uh, the live the live situation in the comedy club. There's probably like people interrupting and like probably bring like yeah. It's it probably looks better than it actually is when you're there. So, but still, like as an er- entertaining thing for Netflix, it's it's pretty good. Cool, Zach. Um, watched a couple things. Um, I, uh, rectified the situation from last week and saw... Rectum. <laughs> rectum. <laughs> um, and saw Ballard or Buster Scruggs in a theater as I intended to. Uh, went to the Chartiste with my family. Um, we sat down and watched it. Um, and I loved it. I loved it a lot. You mean to stand up and watch it? No. No. I, you know, that, actually, I get a good workout in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could jog while watching it. Uh, no, it's fun. Um, it, it well, fun. Huh. Uh, so it starts out fun, and then it turns into Depression Town. But for a Coen Brothers property, I was expecting that. Um, Can you it, sing any of the ballad? Uh, uh, you know, but there is a song by a song by the Sons of the Pioneers that Tim Blake Nelson sings, and it's amazing because uh, I love oh, Brother Art Thou, and he sings in that one too. So um, this is meant for me. I don't expect you to know, Brad. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a series of six short films that are strung together. Um, the unifying device in the film, I guess, is that it's a pulp kind of like novel that like assembles a bunch of different stories called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And it's got like, it's got no slipcover. It's just like the binding and then it opens up and has these nice artworks that kind of introduce you into the next like piece you're going to see with a quote at the bottom. Um, so the first segment is the most uh ridiculous and like comedic of them and it's tim blake nelson plays a gunslinger who's immortal or like like, kind of like a legend mythic figure in the west cannot die and then you know like stuff happens to him second short is with james franco about a guy who's going to be hung for a crime uh third one is liam neeson and the kid who played dudley in harry potter uh, pro- going around performing um uh, a road show uh where the Dudley kid Harry Melling's his name uh is an orator so he'll read famous speeches from others uh in one big thing and the whole thing's a big showbiz allegory that ends dark uh the fourth bit is Tom Waits uh digging for gold in the mountains which is it's basically that yes um uh he keeps calling he keeps calling the, 
There's gold in the ravine. Is he digging gold Where with the guys the from Mag- Magnificent Seven? No, 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 no. no, no, no. They got the gold. <laughs> um, no, the but he keeps runs clear, he keeps calling the like uh, he keeps calling the portion of gold he's trying oh, to find, yeah. Mister Pocket. So he just comes going, Mister Pocket, we'll find you, Mister Pocket. Here's um, a song I wrote about the gold. <laughs> um, California. <laughs> and then the fifth one's um uh smoking our cigarette before. <laughs> and then the fifth one's about Zoe Kazan on a wagon train, and then the sixth one is actually kind of like a horror short. It's like a ghost story in a weird way. Um and I think it, out of any segment that Ryan would like, it'd probably be that one or the first one. Um uh I don't want to spoil too much if you haven't seen it, um, other than just the descriptions I've given, but um I really like it, and I think it might be one of my favorite recent Coen Brothers films um, because it's 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 interesting to see them work in that short film format um, and kind of tell stories that they normally tell in longer narrative, kind of like in a concise format. But they're all unified in some sort of way or fashion. Um, my favorite ones are it's a tie between the Liam Neeson one and the Buster Scruggs one because. Both have interesting things to say about things that I think about on a daily basis. You know, story about Liam Neeson's Cockman being. Dude, there's a story oh, and a song about it. Dude, he's been playing good guys for a while. I will tell you, in this one, he is not a good guy. Oof. oof. Um, so, yeah, but I would check it out. Um, the thing that sucks about seeing this on Netflix, though, and not on the big screen like I got to, is that this is the first time they shot digitally and they shot all on location, and it looks fucking beautiful on a big screen. Um, considering they're making a Western. So uh, if you've got a big TV at home, that might suffice. But if you're just watching it on your laptop, it kind of sucks. Um, but uh, I also rewatched Burn After Reading because it was on Netflix and uh, film still makes me laugh. Not much else to report on that front. Um, I got the High Octane collection of Mad Max at work for cheaper than it is anywhere else because someone decided to donate it. Um, so I decided to like slowly but surely I'm going to go through all of them. So I wa- rewatched the first Mad Max. Uh, looked great. Um, sounded great. Um, film still, you know, it's an exploitation film. It's not. It's not a Mad Max movie as we know it or like it. You know, it's it's kind of futuristic but not really. Like it's it's a few exploitation. It, yeah, exploitation. <laughs> a few years into the future. It's a real term. I'm not kidding. Yeah. No. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Exploitation. Yeah. The There's, not. Quite Hollywood documentary. Yeah, not quite Hollywood. Yeah, explains that the Aussie exploitation genre D- gives their stories. Well, mate, we're gonna make a movie down here. <laughs> when it's be an exploitation film, going to take Oz and put it in front of it. Got Ozploitation. All the films have wallabies <laughs> and crocodiles. <laughs> and then at the end, when you think the when you think it's over, it just comes right back like a boomerang. And then the post credit sequence, the dingo will eat the baby. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I like it still. Um. Watching young Mel Gibson is interesting because he looks less worn out. Um, uh, and then you can kind of see it like a flip book get worse and worse over the years. Um, he's crazy. You didn't know that about him? Oh, no. I, he's an alcoholic. Well, we lethal weapon. I mean, he's. Um, but yeah, no. And then also, um, I didn't know this until I looked it up. The guy who plays the villain in the first Mad Max plays in Morton Joe. You're just now. I, d- I did not know that, no. no. Wow. I just walked out of Mad Max Fury Real Road. Real card revoked. <laughs> oh, sorry. I will take that. Fine, whatever. I'll take the High Octane collection and go home. Everyone was saying that in 2015. I, I, okay. <laughs> Four years later. <laughs> sure. Like, wow, really? No way. Cast Mad Max. Uh, it's no longer Mel Gibson. 
in the uh, new one. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't Mel Gibson strapped to the front of that car. Yeah, right, you insert for uh, uh, you know for SpongeBob and Spielberg. One hour later, <laughs> you're telling me that wasn't Rene Russo with a bald head. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's still all kinds of fun. Um, I finally saw the uh, well. I'm I'm starting the Gauntlet uh, of MST3K on Netflix. So I watched Mac and Me today. Uh, that thing's funny as fuck. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what my favorite joke is because there's too fucking many. I can't remember. I think Shout Factory just put out a collector's edition of Mac and Me. Yeah, yeah. so that's probably why they were able to do something yeah. with it. Um, I think mine's a. Uh, um, tell my wife I died chasing a kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can think of two. They keep making a joke about the Bears because it's Chicago. Um, and then at one point, like, Jonah tells him to stop like you do. And then they, he, he's about to do a Pink Panther joke like, Dunna, Dunna, but instead the two robots go, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. <laughs> um, and then also when Max on the back of the brother, and they do a Yoda joke like, uh, Luke, 30 years from now, Entitled. Two, uh, over, over possessive fanboys yeah. will get fr- mad at you. They will. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it's fun. Um, I'm excited to watch the rest of them. Like, I, I can't binge it the way they want me to. Like, I'm not going to do that. I, I kind of need a break in between riffs. Um, so, but it's whatever it is. Um, and then, um, so I'm going to, keep doing this um i did another fitness cinema where i walked on a treadmill and watched a movie while doing it uh this one was the most painful out of the two that i've done because it was the santa claus with tim allen um i i yeah i have not that, that's basically all this movie is, is um i haven't seen this film since i was a kid uh, and a lot of things stick out number one david crumholtz is in a movie i'm like i have not seen a david crumholtz movie in a while because he doesn't exist anymore in the in the modern world, but he plays the the elf that teaches him the uh, Santa shtick. He's been in some of the, like the I think the Apatow films. Yeah. He has. I haven't noticed him. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's he's not like a main character. He's usually in the like if there's a group of guys, mm-hmm. he's like one of the guys. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. No, I mean it was fun seeing him again. Like I, I obviously I knew him from this film, but he's been in a bunch of other stuff in the '90s. Um, but um, and then Judge Reinhold uh, argues with the kid about what's real and not real, and it's pretty fucking hilarious. It's the most hilarious thing in a movie starring Tim Allen, who's supposed to be funny. Um, spoilers, he's not that. <laughs> every <laughs> I, I don't mind Tim Allen in things. Toy this, Story, Toy Story, uh, Toy Story, and Galaxy Quest, <laughs> and Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Um, I used if, to love Home Improvement when I was little. I, I kind of didn't really care about it. Everything he says in this film... But you also didn't like Saving Private Ryan more than the faculty, so I don't put too much weight into your arguments. Okay, well, <laughs> you know what? I will I, never I, let I, you forget that. <laughs> you know, that's that's fine. Whatever. Um, I, I mean, like... You're never going to live this That, and he also doesn't like Forrest Gump. I will never let you forget that. I, 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 but I didn't say it was a bad movie. I just say I don't like it. Yeah, I know. Um, I won't let you forget it. Uh, so... Um, but yeah, no, I, everything Tim Allen's saying and all his jokes, they don't land for me. They're not working the way they probably would when I was five or six. Um, every, and a lot of things he's saying are incredibly like, oh, ow, ooh, I'm glad Last Man Standing is failing right now. Ooh, ooh. Um, so I don't know. Like, I mean, it's fine. I, I burned a thousand and thirty six calories watching it. So maybe I was nice. just upset and worked my ass off on it. Um, and it's 4.24 miles to watch that movie. So, um, 
And the and, oh yeah, and the visual effects do not hold up at all. Um, when does that mean come out? Ninety seven. Ninety four. Ninety four. So like I'm not expecting them to, I know, but, but it's that weird time where they're trying to do CGI and it doesn't work right. Well, the worst of it is when he's trying to get in the, when they squeeze him to go in the chimney. He's like, uh-huh. like Mac and Me style. Yeah, very much so. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> Mac and Me looks better than this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, strangely, I will say though the best visual effect that the best visual effect that holds up in that film though we have a Tim Allen soundboard over here now. <laughs> um. When he uh, shaves and is trying to re-dye his hair, and then it suddenly all grows back, that still looks okay. Um, and, but yeah, and then the reindeer are actually puppets, um, unless they're in a CG shot on a green screen. But like, so they're puppets by Jim Henson thing, and I mean, it's it's whatever. I know it's beloved, and I don't want to shit on anybody's parade, I mean, but I just them. I don't really. It's not my kind of Christmas movie. Um, but yeah, um, I hope they show some better stuff at the gym. That'd be awesome. The problem um, is that you only watch the Santa Claus and not the entire trilogy, which is really, you need to watch the entire trilogy to fully comprehend the complex storyline of the Santa Claus. That's when they get <laughs> to like, the lawyers of the Santa Claus <laughs> and all of the different kind of small aspects of the Santa Claus. I, 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 you know what? If I ever watch, I, I, never, I think I saw the second one once when I was a kid and never saw it again. I never saw the third film. If I do that, you have permission to kill me. Like, just however you want. <laughs> I don't because that's I won't want to live. Oh, hey after guys, that. just watching Santa Claus three. <laughs> hey, 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 don't get mad, Dell. This is what he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mattis, you're not gonna have an uncle growing up. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. That's all I watched this week. Oh wait, no. Sorry. Oh, One more fuck. thing. Watched uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with my nephew, and that oh, was nice. adorable. Um. But I did. But I was kind of a jerk and kept making fun of it throughout the well, entire do you thing. Watch it? Do you, does it feel like it's missing a lot? Like, no, I, I watched it recently. Not like I mean, like edited a lot because mm-hmm. they're all sudden in you know the Bigfoot's cave or the Bobble Snowman, and he wants to be a dentist and he's upset because his teeth hurt. Well, I, I will follow that up with this question: How long is that thing in total? Is it 26 like twenty six minutes? Twenty six minutes? Okay, it's forty an, minutes. It's uh, an hour in the programming block on television. So maybe forty minutes. So there, yeah. So there, like, I don't know if it is, but they're splitting it up like crazy. Mm. Um, but rewatching it, like I get it; it's charming and whatnot. I almost wanted to watch it on an older TV. Like I wanted to grab the TV down here and watch yeah, it, where it's like a it, tube TV. It feel more comfortable. I don't know. Like Burl Ives, uh, the Snowman looks too. Clean clean and stuff like that i i kind of need the dirt and the grain but that's just me trying to reach into the past and that's a bad idea um but yeah it's it's cool when i kept making fun of it like yukon cornelius like i'm like that's not how you that's not how you prospect you don't just like put one pick into the ground and then lick it maybe yeah i was just making fun of him the entire that's time how you, that's how you that's how old school pickaxe yeah i know um but I, I know. my 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 nephew dug it um i want to watch the frosty one with him though because it's not any better necessarily, but I love uh, Jimmy Durante um, singing the Frosty the Snowman song. So, how often do kids like watch things and then say they don't like them? Cause it sounds like they always like everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you question. go older, then you spiff out the or yeah. you, you split out the ones you don't like and whatnot. I want to show him the Simpsons Christmas one, but he's gonna wait a couple of years. Like kids watching home. the Rudolph special and being like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> That's what didn't Put on Die Hard. Didn't Kevin yes. Smith say that about like on one of his podcasts or something about how his kid didn't like it? I think that when she was two, I don't think so. No, it might have been no, it might have been an older one or like one of his blog posts or something. I don't fucking know. But anyway, that's all I watched this week. Uh, this week I watched, well, I guess starting from last week, I watched the summer of '84, which is a slasher film by the guys who made Turbo Kid. Um, 
it's an all right movie. I think it relies too much on the nostalgia factor. Um, I mean, it, it's fun. Uh, it went by really fast. Uh, yeah. What did you think of the end? Because it, f- it felt like it became a different movie by the end. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, I don't like, spoil it because you can get it, watch it for free on Shutter right now. Um, but ooh. I mean, it, sh- it shot really well. Um, but I think it has an over reliance on the nostalgia. Um, but other than that, it, I mean, it's all right. It's it's not a bad way to kill an hour and a half. And uh, so, yeah, I had fun. Um, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I also watched um, uh, Lady Hawk, which is Corinne told me how much she likes this film. Have you guys seen Lady Hawk? I can't like, like I have to own it to watch it. How'd you watch it? Yeah. So I got to be really careful with this one because Corinne likes it so much. Um, Wait, how'd you watch it? On DVD. So you found it? Wait. No, Corinne let me borrow it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's like not a streaming stuff. That's why. No, I, I will tell uh, Corinne this. So you can get a Warner's Archive Blu-ray of it, hmm. um, which might serve it well. Um, and it's so it's really bizarre. It's um, I kind of lump it in. Uh, so it's at the same time when Willow is really popular. So it's a fantasy film. It's about Rutger Hauer plays like this uh, <laughs> Val Kilmer character. Um, where wait, Rutger Hauer is Val Kilmer in yes. the movie? Okay, um, that's so weird. There's <laughs> an evil bishop in control of the land, kind of like the sheriff of Nottingham, mm-hmm. and it's so it's basically blending Robin Hood, Willow, but I think Willow came after it. Um, I'm busy. One second. Um, <laughs> and the soundtrack, I, I I forgot to look it up, but it's '80s synth. <laughs> over a fantasy film, so it's really distracting. <laughs> Have you seen this film, Henry? You're smiling no, like you've I seen just, it. I'm thinking about comparisons between this and Lady Bird, and it's... <laughs> really, <laughs> so far. Like, I was going to say, um, is Dave Matthews' band also in this film? Fresh into me. Flory Metcalf get angry in that movie, too. But So uh, so Michelle Pfeiffer's in it as well, Matthew Broderick. Um, oh, boy. And anyway, so there's like a Sheriff of Nottingham kind of character in it. This bishop put the spell on Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer. During the day, Michelle Pfeiffer turns into a hawk. During the night, Rutger Hauer is a wolf. Um, in the meantime, um, Matthew Broderick plays a character named Mouse who goes in and out of an English accent throughout the whole movie. <laughs> oh, no, my lord, what will we do? Alan Parsons. Alan Parsons. Yeah, yes. oh. Alan Parsons project. Yeah, um, and it's really weird. It's so <laughs> It's really out of place in a fantasy film, so... There'll be people riding horses. They'll be like, do, 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 I'm trying to remember. There's never any story since soundtrack. But it sounds more fantastical. It sounds like I've, I've never seen this movie. Or Labyrinth about might be synth too. Labyrinth is fine because it's David Bowie-ish, and so the David Bowie allows you to get into that world. It can be fanciful, yeah. When it's a fantasy, like it, it's really bizarre because it, <laughs> it, it, it like, a- is it like Vangelis for Blade Runner? Mm. No, because even Blade Runner, it works. This one is just bizarre. Okay. Because uh, maybe because you're just not used to it. And the movie's fun. I won't say the movie's not fun, but because this, the synth and the soundtrack's really distracting. It'd be yeah. like if you put dubstep in the middle of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's really bizarre um, because it really dates the movie. Um, but it's also a Richard Donner movie, so it's shot really well. Um, Richard the, Donner, really? yeah, a cinematographer. I think if I remember right, won three Academy Awards, so it looks nice. Um, and Richard Donner, I know, likes this movie, and I know it has a huge cult following. I did some research on it after I watched it because mm. I promised Corinne I wouldn't read anything about it. I just go into it cold, mm-hmm. and 
Um, yeah, and Laura wanted to watch it, and she stopped watching it halfway through. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's fun. I want to watch just, the movie. Uh, I don't know, Corinne. Maybe you can ch- write in and tell me why you love it. I mean, I'm not going to judge. My favorite movie is Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. where it has plot holes galore. Um, the main character is inconsistent. Um, but And is the slapstick god that we all need. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's a fun movie. I just wish the soundtrack wasn't so distracting. Mm. It's like Dune to me, where the soundtrack for Dune <laughs> is really annoying. I'm glad you got that reference. Yeah. Like, like, so, like, Dune is not a horrible film. But. But, but the soundtrack's really distracting to me. Amongst other things. Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of the same way. Like, it just is bizarre when Rutger Hauer is riding this black stallion and he goes to pick up um, Matthew Broderick's character, Mouse. Uh-huh. And it's like. It's really bizarre. This sounds like an MST3K movie, but maybe not. I want to see that. I want to see it. Oh, God. I mean, the performances, besides. Even though Matthew Broderick's accent goes in and out constantly through the whole thing. What film, do you mean, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> it's still not. Look, look ah, it's still not bad i don't know how to I, I don't know how i feel about the film enjoyable would be the word enjoyable i can see why it's a cult it's a big cult film okay um because there's fun parts in it i mean uh the whole point is uh why he needs the character mouse is he breaks out of like the prison that the bishop has and rutger Hauer wants to break in to kill him um so it's you know it's fun I, it's Rutger said I could do the accounting and firm the books. <laughs> right. yeah. I want to be um, a producer mouse. So I do think, too, um, the Blu-ray might help it because Corinne gave me her, like, 1996 DVD. Mm-hmm. And the the colors in it are really, like, um, washed. Did your did your uh, uh, player progressive scan it or something? It So it does. But, however, the format doesn't fit it right. So it's like a, a rectangle in the middle of my screen. Mm. So it's um, it's either I watch it in uh, full frame mm-hmm. where it actually fills up except for the black bars on the side, but it cuts off half the picture. Right. Or I watch it way smaller and right. I decide I want to see the whole picture. Um, but I can see why people like it. Just mm-hmm. I can't get into it. I need to do a double I fun. I need to do a double feature with that and Howard the Duck because I've never seen either of them. So. Well, I'll ask uh, Corinne if I can let you borrow it and then mm. – um, so she's, she's 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 very protective of this because it's one of her favorite films. You can't it's hard to get. You can't uh, stream it at all anywhere. Um, I, don't know. I mean, you can get the Warner's Archive Blu-ray for like sixteen bucks. I think it is on Amazon. I've sure, been trying to not? find it because uh, like all these comedy podcasts, like people always quote it as like a movie they like. So I've been trying to see it, but it's yeah. either like or I, I, I can let you borrow it too. Or... Um, just I also have to run it by Korean. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so it's a different film. I can see why people like it. It's fun. Just um, I could never really get into it. Okay. Um, Ryan, you should like it more. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything for Black Friday because I was working. But when I got off work, I went to Walmart because I needed to get groceries. And when I was there, the X Men like 4K like collection was twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's not a bad deal. It's just the first three films, right? It's the first three, but I mean, three films, four K or yeah. Ultra HD for. Oh yeah, yeah, bucks. I cannot go wrong there. Um, and those Blu-rays are old enough. I think an upgrade might be worth it. Mm-hmm. And watch it. Yeah, I mean, um. Like the detail is really cool when they're uh, when Wolverine is uh, fighting in like the the bar at the beginning, where things where you wouldn't think it'd look great, it looks really good. Um, the colors are really cool, and uh, the, the one thing <laughs> we all just nodded that yeah. we saw Lady Hawk on Blu-ray. <laughs> um, but what I love about Ultra HD sometimes is it, it clears up the picture a lot because mm-hmm. sometimes you can't make them look that much better than Blu-ray. 
But um, even stuff like where the claws come out of Wolverine, which I was worried about, actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I forgot that movie's still pretty fun. Um, it's still really comic booky. It's- where it was a bridge between, I think, the more realistic stuff. Because um, I mean, Magneto and the Brotherhood of Mutants live in like a mountain, mm-hmm. like layer. It's like a cave. Yeah. It's a mountain cave. But you know, you have actors like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. They're like, wow, this is. We have a future, Charles. Not them. They know longer about really him. great actors, dude. And it elevates everything in that I, film. I know two's better, but I loved watching one growing up. Yeah, uh, that I, I, that opening scene with uh, Eric and Charles on that mm-hmm. like bridge in the building thing. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Oh, I love it. Ah, I love that scene. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think watching because I'm going to actually watch them all. I think now that I have because uh, I'm going to start watching them in Ultra HD. Mm-hmm. But I'll go back and watch because I like First Class a lot. And I mean, I think Days of Future Past is one of the best comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll be interesting to watch them all again. Um, yeah. Do you know what happens when a lightning bolt strikes a frog? Same thing as everything. Same thing as everything else. Yeah. Boom. I Boom. don't. Oh, God. Oh, so uh, cringy. Die cast. Um, uh, and the last thing I watched this week is uh, me and Kellen this morning went and saw The Grinch. Um, directed and, by Scott Mosier. Directed by Scott Mosier. Co-directed by Scott Mosier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's actually not that bad. Is I know you don't like it at nighttime, buddy. Um so they actually give the Grinch a little more of a backstory where they kind of have a reason why. Oh, like the last one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't even get me. The, the I'm raised by these swingers. Oh, the God, abomination is a Jim oh, Carrey one. Oh, you know, I was God. looking on Letterboxd, and I think I gave it two stars, a Jim Carrey one. I think James gave it four and a half. I'm going to have to talk to James about his ratings of that the Grinch. That might be nostalgia creeping in it in is, his brain. That, that one is just awful because even the cindy lou and that one's really obnoxious he watched it with his family over thanksgiving and that's why it's four stars <laughs> <laughs> um but this one gives a little more weight to the character in it he has times where he can be redeeming and he decides to be the grinch mm-hmm. and it's better to cumberbatch so it's it's performed really well um pharrell williams does the narration and i kind of miss boris karloff <laughs> um not that he's bad it's just He's not an actor, per se, so it doesn't have the same... It's never going to be what we want it to be from that cartoon. And that's, you know, when I'm watching, that's the hard thing because it's the story so well-known. Yeah. The cartoon classic is so well-known. Yeah. That how do you make it different? Yeah, and if you're going to do it, like, I'm glad that Illumination did it. Like, I mean, I, the movie looks is, is stunning. I heard that um, in the book, like, he wasn't green originally. Like, that's the cartoon. Yeah, so it, it, in the book, he's just like... Uh, black outline and his eyes are red if i remember correctly yeah and they like there's very little definite color except for some christmasy stuff yeah and uh, you know the the only thing i will fall into it falls into the non-pixar animated movie stuff where it's like look at how zany this is and pop, a pop lot of culture references physical stuff yeah i mean the one pop culture reference is actually pretty funny it's his dog is uh uh the grinch asks max what he wants to do and it's uh him like driving a corvette <laughs> and the song is "Who Let the Dogs Out," and the Grinch is like sticking his head out the window. <laughs> it's funny and stupid, but I laughed. Aha, uh, man! Jokes. Uh, yeah, it, it, that message at the end is pretty fun. Um, and it, I mean, it's beautiful, like the snow, and it looks amazing. Right. Uh, I I do want to see it because I I've been hearing Mosher um oh, like, yeah. doing animation stuff about him doing animation stuff. Lately, it moves so really like fast. It. I think it's an hour and a half, but it, it seems like it's an hour. Cool. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Good on. It was a big. It was a box office like like it was pretty solid. Yeah, so. I mean, you don't have. I'd, I'd wait to rent it um, unless you want to take. I don't know if you can take your nephew yet, but no, uh, not yet. But you know, I liked that Lorax one a lot that they yeah. did. Um, and I don't know. 
they didn't do no they didn't do Horton that was Blue Sky but I liked that Lorax one a lot so I would definitely go um, check it out yeah it's it's fun it's harmless um yeah and I went to the Harkins in Arvada and I I went to Harkins before and it, the theater's nice now but I don't know what theater I went into but the screen there was amazing it's it was theater four and it was all it went all the way to the wall and like pretty high up and it was like the projection was is stunning it, is and, it the Cine Capri no hmm. just random hmm. i guess just one of their big movie theaters i guess they would have it's, it was really nice theater four that uh that, that theater seems to always change every time i go it does it. but they really remodel and it looks really nice right now yeah. um, i saw avengers at midnight there man that was hmm. fun at the, i think in the capri theater too so we were like we had some good sound quality so yeah it was fun um yeah uh this week on real nerds podcast we saw ralph breaks the internet henry should people see ralph breaks the internet of course, it's the new Disney film. <laughs> yes. Brad, should people see Ralph Breaks the Internet? Um, you got me a bad time. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful movie. Um, I miss the 80s uh, aesthetic that the first one had, which which I, I recently watched that re- recently, and there's actually not that much in it. But uh, the, uh, the, the message that they're going for creeps up it it's you by the end of the movie and it's it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. um and it, it just goes to show like it's it's like that level of pixar dramatic weight uh yeah. that they have in it in a disney animation movie mm-hmm. so definitely go see it zach yeah um if you liked the first ralph um buckle up you'll like this one too um i uh i would like brad said like it, the the message kind of creeps up on you and like just some things that they do in it even smaller stuff that I wasn't expecting was very um, was it was very interesting and mature. Um, I think that's the best. Well, and I speak on this from a term of comedy. It's one of the best Disney princess songs is in this movie. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, but, well, yeah, but I mean that's kind of the reason why I'm making that bold statement. Um, no, no. Ob- obviously, I like the other ones, but you know, um, I, my my only criticism of it would be I, I don't know it didn't feel like it, it, it maybe because it felt a little darker in in certain places like it was just not like the most enjoyable for me but like that doesn't mean you shouldn't not go this might be just more from a personal thing so yeah i'd say go check it out uh yeah the movie is uh pretty great um i i the, the message hits you like a ton of bricks at mm-hmm. the end um, I, I think the arc of Ralph is very interesting. In the first film, he doesn't want anything to do with anybody. And then he realizes that maybe he wants something to do with somebody. And in this film, he can't live without somebody. Mm-hmm. So his arc is very interesting throughout the two films. Um, the animation is first class throughout it. It's stunning. It's amazing. Uh, watching the other one recently, like all the models for those characters, like yeah. you don't notice it when you watch this movie, but if you go back, like mm. there's so much more detail. Um, and they're so much more complicated yeah. in this movie. The, uh, was it, what's the name of the, like, murder race? Slaughter City. Slaughter City. Like, there's some moments in there. Oh, no, dude coming. Or Slaughter Race. A Slaughter Race, where, uh, Vanellope goes through the, uh, because she glitches through the obstacle, and then, um, I can't remember her name, but, um, Gelda Dot's character, she goes through. Oh, Shank. Shank. She goes through and it's animated so beautifully in, in slow motion. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So uh, here's a trailer for Ralph Breaks the Internet. 
Way to go, kid. One second, I'm having the time of my life. The next thing I know, my game is just... Kid! Gone. Oh no, I'm freaking out hard. If I'm not a racer, what am I? Oh, you're my best friend. All we gotta do is find a part to fix your game. Everything goes back to the way it was. But where are we gonna find that? The internet! What? Want to meet you? They do. Want to get rich playing video games? Slaughter race. It's wicked dangerous. Oh, yep, I'm out of that car. It was a one, but it was an O. Oh, nice kitty. Nice kitty. Attention to detail is pretty impressive. Well, well, well. Who are you? I think we should get out of here. Whoa. Showtime. Let's race. So many babies and cats in the world. That is what the internet was made for. It's full of weirdos. I want this to be my life. I don't think I could ever tell Ralph. There's no law saying best friends have to have the same dreams. what's called the dark net. Are you sure this is safe? Just whatever you do, do not look at his little brother. Oh, his little brother? <laughs> what are you doing here? <clears throat> the reason I came to your neck of the face. I mean, there's a face in your neck. I mean, woods. Neck of the woods. Can I just, just say I love Alan Tudyk? Uh, sorry. Yes. He's... Um, just real quick, I just want to point out... Uh, Lady Hawk is on a website called Common Sense Media, which is a website for parents to decide if it's appropriate for their children. <laughs> and I strongly encourage everyone to go check out this page because they fucking hate this film. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone through their entire page yet, Bre- Henry? I just want to say, just, just, we'll get to right off in just one minute, but uh, it says it's a... Uh, Messy romantic fantasy yep. that is dull and violent and has no positive messages. I just thought everyone yes. needed to know this. So, so wow. it's awesome, then. Yes. Yeah, I will say it's more violent than I ex- is expecting it to be. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Um, in it, Ralph and uh, Vanellope are, are inseparable. Um, they go to work every day. And then one day, uh, Ralph makes a tr- new track for her because she gets bored. And it ends up breaking the cabinet, and then they go on the internet to buy it off of eBay, the steering wheel, because you can't find it anywhere else. I will say the one thing I probably didn't like was how much of like name checking they did for different brands of the internet. Yeah. Like, oh look, there's Google. Yeah. Oh look, there's PayPal. That, oh nope. look, there's eBay. It's like okay. There's a bit of an. But eye I did roll love there, eBay but... boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, e- oh god, yeah, that was that was. Funny. Oh, we call him E boy. What do you call him? I think it's just E boy. No, he's no. He says like that's there's a real E boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it's just like a little messenger boy. Um, no, yeah, um, yeah, the branding was a little 
interesting. But I'm not even sure how you get around that. Cause like, yeah. I don't think you do. I think that's the references they're going for because people recognize them. It's um, it's kind of like if you're going to do this story, you kind of have no choice. Otherwise, you're going to do like a bunch of obvious fake names that'll be even bigger eye rolls. Better to just kind of like address it and get it over with. Um, but I still love, you know, when they're in Tapper's world and everybody still moves like a little 8-bit cartoon. Yeah, it's, the animation uh, in this animation film is, is great. great. And they get drunk off the root beer they serve there. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, and, of course, you know, the message of uh, friendship, being a friend, is you have to... Yeah, you didn't finish the plot, so... Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, isn't that the plot? Is they just go on the internet to find it? Well, yeah, but then the, the thing that's going on behind the scenes is that, like, Vanellope is growing as a person. Yeah. And Ralph, despite, like, in the first movie, Ralph was like, I'm tired of my life. I want to move on to something different. Uh, I need I need change. Now that he's got the change that he wants and he's comfortable, Vanellope's trying to change and he won't let her. Yeah. Um, and that's where the conflict is, is, like, she's trying to move on. This clinginess thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's he wants to save the cabinet so she can go back to her life, but, like, she's... The internet exposes her to this wealth of the world, um, yeah, and he's too clingy. So it's almost like Ralph learned, unlearns his lesson from the first one about complacency, mm-hmm. uh, and then he kind of like flips on the reverse. And so the whole film is about having him to learn to overcome complacency again, but this time from within himself. That sounded way too deep for its own good, um, but no, I, I appreciated that. That last fifteen twenty minutes of that film is incredibly oh, it like. Got me mature animation for a thematic for a theme that i think is all too relevant today um not even just from the internet standpoint but just in terms of like general attitude of people and whatnot which like i can't say that i'm not guilty of that same thing and i don't think a lot of people can either um so the the fact that it kind of hits you like that is is important because then you can like if 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 you're able to look within yourself then it's a movie that can kind of like change your perspective on stuff um at least that's what i would see from like if i were to talk to someone like what did you think of this um it's an interesting uh metaphor too that your biggest villain is you yeah you know because the the biggest threat to vanellope being happy is ralph Mm -hmm. and he gets that through the virus and the virus is kind of funny because it's like (laughs) alfred molina (laughs) plays the guy who gives them the virus too yeah uh you know all the insecurities and it just turns into a bunch of Ralphs, which mm-hmm. animated is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, that last scene is, <laughs> I can't even put into word. I don't know how many Ralphs they have to make giant Ralph, but that they all move. And uh, I don't want to think about that number. That seems yeah. too high. <laughs> it's really well done. Um, uh, the, the movie's great. I, I still like the first one a little more, mm-hmm. um, but this one is, is a really good film. Um, I think this one's strength is story above anything else. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it got me at the end when... I mean, I cried when he gave her half the heart, you know, because they need to... Yeah, because I was wondering at the beginning, like, are they really going to keep bringing that, that 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 necklace from the first one? And I was like, oh, that's adorable. I know. Even, like, when it clicked together when they hugged, I was like, gosh yeah. darn it, what is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. As I get older, everything makes me cry. Um, and I, I wanted to bring it up again, but Alan Tudyk, uh, in the first film, he does an Ed Wynn impression. Uh, in this film, he's doing a Bill Thompson impression, like a Smee voice for the uh, the Google search taskbar. Yeah, um, which is which is nice. I love Alan Tudyk um, doing old Disney voices in a in a new fashion. Um, and also, uh, the, the a side a side plot that isn't really a side plot of uh, Fix It Felix and uh, Jane Lynch's character uh, adopting all the kids from Sugar Rush. 
Um, it's only two scenes, beginning and the end, and the ending one. That was the loudest laugh I heard from some of the parents and stuff like that. Because other than that, it was just kids laughing. That where they're just trying to show that tell the secret to marriage to the guy who runs the uh, arcade. And every time they're giving away the secret, there's just like cars zooming by too yeah. fast to hear. Um, I, it was a fun joke. I, I dug it. Um, but yeah, and I and I actually dug the uh, the whole um, exp- exploration of um, internet culture. Um, the, the one of the one of the scenes that I thought was like actually very poignant and like a great like short film in and of itself is Ralph reading the comment section. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that is you know I thought that was going to be the point of the film. I, I guess that's maybe my one thing too. They really glossed over that really fast. Um, but yeah, it, it is. Well, I think that that those moments and the, any of the moments within BuzzTube, which is their version of YouTube, uh, is is already aware. Like it, it it's doing its best not to overwhelm the situation because the importance is Vanellope and Ralph's growth. But it makes a statement in and of itself. Like when he's going through the floor trying to collect all the hearts and whatnot, mm-hmm. that desperation, that like plastering all your like posts and Facebook ads and stuff, like, oh my god guys, that's what we do. Um <laughs> So um but like just like it's it's a statement on that particular culture of the time and um I, I, I dig it. Like, you know, I mean like it it's a good animated film. A little too modern compared to the first one because I think the first one kind of lives in a realm where it doesn't it's it can kind of be timeless um this one's a little bit more like there there's stuff that will be dated at some point so yeah, I know if like something like Instagram goes out of business you know 20 years from now <laughs> I think only the important businesses other than eBay are uh kind of have their own made up shtick so yeah well, it's the first one you know that's a movie that built on you know they put they put stuff that's stood for thirty years. Mm-hmm. This is all stuff that's relatively new. The kid and the, the when they're going into Slaughter City and they see the two players and they're like look like badass thugs and it's just that kid in his room going like this is the worst day ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did everyone stay for post past the credits for the two post credit things? Uh, I saw the first one with um, him feeding the cat too much pancakes or the the rabbit too much pancakes. Okay. Um, it, that was funny because it explodes and the kid gets freaked out and cries. <laughs> I can't remember what the second one was, but it had Ralph in it. Uh, I can't remember. Stan Lee's cameo and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the whole Disney thing was actually really good. The whole idea that they circ- uh, like address the princess issue in more than just that one scene is actually pretty fucking smart. Um, I I I was wondering what the hell that was gonna be other than just like a quick stupid cameo, and it actually is a big major plot point in the movie. Um, and a funny ass one too. Uh, the whole stare at water line is, oh God, that's so fucking funny. Like, yeah, that's clever. Um, one of the, one, one of the co-writers was actually on a panel that I moderated at the con this year. Um, and, uh, she didn't talk much about this film, but clearly her contribution helped because that film's pretty well written. Uh, I love the, uh, look, there's a big man who needs help. (laughs) (laughs) All the princesses combined to save him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Henry, Henry, anything else to add? Uh, I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. Thanks for coming back on. Have we oh, missed yeah. you? I'll, I'll be more speaky when I'm in Denver uh, later this month. So cool. Look forward to it. Sweet. Callan, what did you think of the Grinch? He was stealing Christmas. And what do you that think? That bastard. What did Ralph do? Smash. <laughs> 
How how late in how late into December are you? Because Film Explosion's like four weeks away. Uh yeah, I'm trying. I I fly out on the uh, like twelfth. So of uh, I fly on the, I fly in on the twentieth and out on the twelfth. So twelfth of January. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Welcome back to Calendar Podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, next week, I don't know what we're seeing. We'll see something, or do something. We can see the greatest Christmas movie ever made, Lethal Weapon. Or not. I don't know. Or Die Hard. Or Die Hard. Shut up. Or Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Ooh. Okay, I'll settle on that one. Hard to make fun of, though. Yeah. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day. <laughs>